Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. All right. I love the intro, man. Front Page 305, back in the house. I'm Manny Navarro, joined again by the great sports writers, Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez. We got a packed what show up? today. Yeah, I love it. I love that uh, Walter always wants to get the little hello. I always want to say what up. He wants to say what up. He wants to sound cool. Uh, he doesn't realize it's like a speed bump to the flow, but it's all right. It's all good. I'll let it. I'll let it flow. <laughs> I was going Dre, with the Van there? Halen. Dre, you want to? I was go going with the Van Halen. That's why I said jump. There we Navarro, go. Navarro, you can get back on that horse. That's right. Anthony Million with us as well. Our producer Frank Fernandez in the studio, uh, always doing good work there. Um, guys, uh, Miami Heat playoffs start today at four o'clock. They're going to be facing the Indiana Pacers. Game will be on Fox Sports Sun and a bunch of different places. Uh, ESPN, but we're going to have Jose Pineda, who has been the Heat Spanish broadcaster for over 30 years, and he's going to come on in our second segment to preview the series, talk about the Heat and where they're sort of at heading into this postseason. Obviously, a freak injury to Derek Jones Jr. in that last game Friday, a little bit of a neck strain, so we'll see if he's going to end up uh, playing today. Uh, and then we're also going to see whether or not, you know, what, what Eric Spolstra does with the starting lineup. Kendrick Nunn told us last uh, yesterday that uh, he will not be starting. So that means Goran Dragic or maybe even Tyler Hero. I got some good stats and numbers on all that stuff. I did my research, my Manny Navarro research as well, we like to call it. Um, so we'll get to that uh, in the second segment. And then, of course, uh, we spoke to Alex Mena, the Miami Herald sports editor, a good friend of ours for many, many years. I, I met Alex when I was working at the FIU newspaper. He's going to do our Behind Las Cortinas segment. Uh, we're going to talk some Marlins baseball. They've lost, I think, three in a row now. They're kind of coming back to earth as we thought they would. And, um, and, and of course, the Dolphins started camp. There was a little bit of, uh, I guess, bad news uh, with the Dolphins a little while ago, uh, reports, uh, I guess, Vince, uh, is it Beigel? Beigel? How do you pronounce that, Andre? Be- Beigel, I believe. Beigel, right. He was. I had a bagel best- this morning, as a matter of fact. Right. He, uh, The team's best pass rusher in 2019 was carted off with a lower body injury. Yep. Very emotional. Kyle Van Noy apparently prayed, prayed over him, according to Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post. So a little bit of uh, upsetting Dolphins news. I know the NFL is mm-hmm. kind of quietly going on behind with no preseason games. But uh, we're going to get to all that later on in the show. Where I want to start the show, guys, is Canes football, where we do have some news regarding the uh, the Hurricanes, which Walt V's ears always perk up when I talk Canes. <laughs> uh, the freshman sensation, safety, Avante Williams, the number one recruit in their last class. Uh, Manny Diaz just told us minutes ago, right before I jumped on uh, to do the show with you guys, uh, that he is going to be out for the 2020 season. He has a pre-existing injury, so um, Avante Williams out for 2020. Um, we'll see where he's at health wise and whether or not he'll be able to come back in January. The Canes, you know, kind of wrapped up their first big week, um, with a scrimmage on Sunday and, you know, everybody, all the fans got all excited guys. They see all these numbers. Oh my God, Derek King, he threw four touchdown passes and, uh, Jalen Knight and the freshman running back ran for 128 yards and a touchdown and uh, Xavier Restrepo scored in a 70 yard reverse. And, Again, uh, it's all exciting. I mean, if you're, if you're Walter, where I want to start the show is I kind of want to educate fans a little bit, because while it's, it's okay to get excited about those numbers and those stats, the one thing you got to always keep in mind in the back of your head is that it's, it's all generated by the university of Miami. They're the ones who share that information. There's no journalists. There's no sort of impartial parties watching the scrimmage. It's the coaches. And so, in a lot of ways, you're getting the information that they want you to get, okay? And I'll tell you, I'll give you a perfect example. 
Uh, Brevin Jordan didn't play in the scrimmage. Quincy Roche didn't play in the scrimmage. Jalar Holly didn't play in the scrimmage. Uh, there are a bunch of guys who were held out because of injuries. And the other thing we don't know is who was, who was running with the first team, who was running with the second team. Were they doing all of this, these touchdown passes against the scout team and a bunch of kids that, that, that aren't on scholarship? Those are all questions. So, Walter, I'm going to start. Do you Are you the kind of Canes fan who sees those numbers and automatically gets excited? Or are you smart enough and, and have done this long enough where you know, hey, I got to temper my excitement? I love the way you phrase that question. I think I'm going to go in the smart category, of course. But no, look, <laughs> of course, you're right. Without Nothing really matters into that first game. However, where I may disagree with you, and, and maybe not, you can get certain little information from this stuff. There are certain things that you can glean. Um, one of them, the fact that Restrepo is going to be used, you know, in reverses. He's kind of a versatile guy. That was kind of eye-opening that he had a seven-yard run. I, I totally understand. We don't know who he did it against and all that. But but the freshman had a big game. The fact that uh, the, the three guys were uh, MIA, uh, Bradley Jennings, or two guys, Bradley Jennings and Wayman Steed, they apparently played. They've been injured, I think, for like five years now uh, straight. Um, that was that was kind of interesting. So little little things like that. I mean, uh, Chance Williams, the fact that he got two sacks. We uh, you know the Canes lost Greg Rousseau, almost let out a wee slip out there. But the Canes let out uh, Chance Williams <laughs> and yeah, <himself>. had two <laughs> had two sacks. Um, you know the freshmen seem to do really really well. I, I I get your bigger point. We don't know who they did it against. Who do they who do they beat on those patterns patterns? All that all that's true. But the but there were certain little things that we can glean from from the stats. Andre, well, most yeah. people don't know this about you, but you went to UM, right? And I mean, they know the Champagnat connection because you were the valedictorian there. But at and UM, you remind them all the time, right? <laughs> UM, you are a UM grad, and I remember yeah. going to your house and then opening the closet, and it was like, okay, cane shirt, cane shirt, cane <laughs> many, shirt, many, cane. many years so ago. So you're a secret. Yes. So you're secretly just as big a Canes fan as 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 Wall V here. Well, I try to stay professional and not put it out there too much, you know. But <laughs> uh, which Wall V does? You're the one that airs it out more than he does. Right. But. But uh, no, and I'm going to, before I get to the reaction to that, I'm going to do a little shameless plug, even though I don't work there anymore for my boy. If you want to read this fan education that Manny's putting out there, a very good article that came out this morning, kind of analyzing, dissecting the scrimmage for what it's worth. I suggest people check it out on The Athletic. Thank you. And from reading that, I want to say that the biggest impression I took was that, you know, the Rhett Lashley offense looked like it was smooth. It looked like there were very few penalties in it. Obviously, it's just a scrimmage. We don't know exactly who lined up against who, but the fact that that offense appeared to be, you know, on a, off to a good start in terms of assimilating it and the guys, you know, picking it up well and it moving along, I think that's a good sign. I mean, I think that's something that you can take from it. And then from there, yeah, specifics, obviously, not all the first team guys were in there at certain points. I did take something from Manny's dissecting the footage that was provided and showing that on a lot of those big plays, you didn't see some of those regulars on defense. So that's something to take away from as well. You know, and then one thing I thought was funny was somebody told you at the very end that Borregales is six for six, shouldn't be taken lightly considering how crappy the kicking's been yes. in, in recent past there in Miami too. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, there was a lot to take away from it. And and you know what, as I, I led my story talking about the linebacker position, because obviously, uh, you know, you lose Shaq Quarterman, you lose Michael Pinckney. Those, those are two important players on your defense for many years. And now you got to replace them. And so I think all of us just sort of assumed that Sam Brooks Jr., the, the guy who started the bowl game as a freshman last year, that he was going to be in there with Zach McLeod. Well, guess what? Bradley Jennings, who uh, was on his way to a bigger role in 2019 before he had a bad injury, um, he's sort of come back really, really strong. And Manny Diaz said it on the radio yesterday that uh, 
You know, he's getting a lot of work uh, at middle linebacker, which is allowing a guy like Zach McLeod, who's naturally an outside linebacker, not a middle linebacker, but an outside linebacker to play on the weak side and, and stay in coverage. And so I think that, uh, you know, that's sort of the interesting development from the first week. The fact that Jennings is healthy enough where now he might be the starter going into the season where, again, most of us thought that wasn't going to happen. I, th- uh, I thought McLeod came back, Manny, so he could play the middle and show the NFL he could do that. No. Right. Well, I think, you know, you're going to see some mixing and matching, obviously, I think. Um, but but at the same time, I think McLeod just came back because he wanted to show the NFL what he could do, period, whether it was inside or outside. Uh, he's certainly put on some more weight. He's 235 now, I think he was. I think earlier on in his career, he was about 225. So he's added about 10 pounds of muscle. And then now you got Jennings, who's a redshirt junior. You know, again, you mentioned the injuries, how long these guys waited to play behind Pinckney and McLeod, uh, Pinckney and uh, Quarterman. Uh, now they're finally going to get their opportunity. But the freshmen have been impressive as well, according to Manny Diaz. Uh, the guys that they got, Corey Flagg has looked really, really good uh, at, at middle linebacker. Kid that they got out of Texas that was very underrated, three-star guy. Manny says the kid has unbelievable football instincts. He's where he has to be. And again, look, Diaz isn't afraid to play a true freshman. So to me, that's going to be the most interesting position battle throughout camp as, as, as this sort of progresses leading up to September 10th. We'll see, um, you know, it, how much – snaps and reps are sort of split between all these guys. I think there's a chance that uh, those freshmen could play as well. Now, do you do we know anything about the Brevin Jordan injury? Yeah, Brevin didn't play. Uh, he was held out. He was among the guys who were out for precautionary reasons. Um, again, there were about a handful of guys. Amari Carter, the safety, was also held out. Manny said none of these injuries are concerning. It's just more, hey, you know what? We want these guys to be 100%. We don't want them to go out there and play a scrimmage injured. There's no point in that. The season starts September 10th. Bring them back when they're fully healthy so that they're not, you know, playing at risk, so to speak. Good news is Bubba Bolden looked good, according to what Derek King said. Derek King just was on uh, right as we were starting our show. And from what I've seen from some tweets, I had to drop out right before Derek started talking, really getting into the conversation. But uh, he said that Bubba Bolden and Gervin Hall really presented some problems at the safety position. So, again, you see these numbers, right? He saw Derek King through four touchdown passes, but you really aren't sure uh, who it was against, you know, first team, second team defense. Seems like the first team defense still looked pretty good out there from, from what I was able to gather. So anyway, guys, let's move on. Um, you know, a lot of different subjects we want to talk about. One thing I do want to get to before we get into Marlins or anything else, um, the passing of Aubrey Hill, a longtime receivers coach who was at FIU um, for the last three years. Um, I wrote a story about him. Walter, I know you wrote a story about him for the Herald. Aubrey won a state title as a player at Carroll City, came back, coached Carroll City to a state championship in 2016. I know Andre was there to cover that. Um, 48 years old, uh, fought cancer for the last year or so. Um, Walter, just wanted to get your thoughts, what what you gather. I know you talked to some FIU players and and people around the program. Um, What what can you say about Aubrey and, and what you heard from the players? Yeah, I talked to Austin Maloney, who just graduated wide receiver. He said he used to say, I asked him what kind of things that he tell you. He says he would say boss all the time. So they ended up calling the boss man because he would say to the players, look, boss. And so it seemed like and also I talked to defensive tackle who wasn't in his position group and said that uh, he was a Hill was the type of guy that would even though you weren't part of his position group, he would give you like um, sort of life talks and, and sit you down and and talk about his own life and what he could learn from, from maybe his experiences. So um, they definitely lost a, a great mentor. Yeah, actually, I do remember the boss thing. You probably call me So, I mean, it, it's just crushing when, when I heard the other day, I actually had a friend of mine that used to coach, or used to be at Carroll City, that told me, and I was 
really just taken aback. I mean, really, really good person. And, you know, you could see he had that relationship with the kids, even at the high school level in those games that I covered at Carroll City and, and always a great guy to talk to. You know, I mean, not just, you know, you deal with a lot of coaches and you keep it on the business end, but he was a guy you could really talk to and just chit chat before a game and and kind of get to know. And that's, you know, that's the kind of person he was. And it's just really sad, heartbreaking that, you know, especially so young like that, you lose someone like that. Yeah, a uh, lot of great tributes across social media. You know, he played uh, for the Florida Gators. Steve Spurrier was a team captain uh, as a senior on, on, you know, played on three SEC title winning teams uh, and then immediately got into coaching as soon as his career was over, which I don't think he played in the pros very long, if at all. And uh, and then, you know, basically got into coaching, uh, I think started at Duke, went to Pitt, then came to Miami to, to coach under Randy Shannon, then um, obviously had the issue with the NCAA um, where he had to kind of go back to the high school ranks and then, uh, you know, remade himself and was really starting to remake himself. I think at FIU, uh, I was there on the sideline um, as FIU beat UM last year. And I just remember seeing him and Tim Harris Jr. and, and all the guys who I've, I've known covering high school sports uh, and college sports here in South Florida for many years, seeing the joy on their faces. And, and Aubrey was just a guy who, who, who really loved kids being around them. And, and it's this very sad story that he's gone. Guys, we got a couple minutes here before we're going to get to Jose Pineda after the break to talk heat basketball. Um, before we wrap it up, a couple funny things that I saw, and I don't know if you want to get your thoughts on this uh, before before we uh, hit the break or save it maybe to segment three, but Don Mattingly got tossed in Sunday's loss to the Braves, and I thought it was hysterical. I know there were two different broadcasts, the Marlins broadcast and the Braves broadcast. Dre, do you want to, do, do you want to start this uh, little segment real quick? Well, it, <laughs> it was funny in two different ways because, you know, the Marlins are trying – you know, the league was honoring the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues on, on Sunday. So they're wearing the patches. And then the Marlins broadcast, Paul Severino, Todd Hollinsworth, they bring on the president of the Negro Leagues Museum. And they're in the middle of this interview. And he's going, obviously, he's going on about the importance of it and so on and so on. And then right when that happens, they have the, the misfortune of this incident happens where Mattingly gets thrown out. So Mattingly, they, they, they don't want to cut him off. But they don't they can't acknowledge the fact that here's Mattingly storming out of the dugout, shouting in the umpire's face, which right now is a big no-no, considering you know, no, they don't want anyone to get close to each other, and he's dropping F-bobs. So this whole entire scene plays out, and until Mattingly is back in the dugout and away out of sight and it's over, then Paul Severino has to come back and go, Well, everyone, we'd like to update you on something that just occurred. It's <laughs> like, well, we saw it, they couldn't say anything. And then the Braves broadcast, which Andy Slater tweeted out, uh, if you want to hear the the language in loud, almost loud and clear, go to the break, go to that tweet. Find Andy Slater's tweet. The Braves broadcast, let it ride. Said nothing while he was saying all kinds of stuff like, "You've been screwing us the whole series, and and you can't give us a screw uh, uh, an effing call, all that kind of stuff." Uh, it was pretty. It's interesting the way you know. Imagine like in back Walter and I talked about this how back in the day it was almost an art form to get as close as you could to the umpire's face without actually touching them. So you avoid the suspension, you know, it, it echoed like the, you know, a little bit, it wasn't quite Lou Pinella, Billy Martin, but it was pretty funny considering what we're, where we're at right now. Yeah, Manny, from my perspective, this is what happened. So I'm watching the game, I'm covering it and uh, from home as it, as it were. And, uh, and I'm texting both of you guys. And then I don't, Manny, I don't think you responded. Maybe you're busy with the kids, but then Andre, 
calls me later. He had gone back to the DVR and watched the whole thing because I was saying, this is unbelievable. I felt so bad for Severino because out of respect, he didn't want to interrupt them. And meanwhile, as I told Andre, I says, here comes Mattingly. And if I'm that umpire, I'm doing the Michael Jackson moonwalk. And just every time he takes a step forward, I'm taking a step back because I don't know if this guy has coronavirus or what. And and then I also, we talked about, yeah, in the old days, Earl Weaver and Billy Martin, they, I don't want to get anywhere near that close to another man. They were like getting within an inch of their face. That was the thing. They would turn the cap on backwards so they can have this argument. And thank God that is gone by the wayside now. But I think even Mattingly, and who knows if that mask, Andre, another thing we're talking about is even really the professional mask and the spit. When you're that angry, the spit involuntarily can come out. Right. On the breath, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Andre made a good point. He says, you know, with all the stuff, the chewing tobacco and all this has got to be pretty uh, foul. I, I can't imagine how hideous that was back in the day when it was like right up yeah. in your face like that. I mean, I, I don't know for anybody out there that watches The Walking Dead, I would have been like Negan. I would have gotten Lucille and been like, all right, tell me I'm so, an a-hole from over there. From so this, this, this is that. This is happening. I'm texting Andre Manning. Oh, this is unbelievable. I felt this is, are they going to some, because the thing was, and I know we we're running up on a break, but the, uh, the guy from the Negro Leagues was in Kansas City, so he's oblivious that this is going on. Right. If it was Derek Jeter or some – right, <laughs> if it was Derek Jeter who was at Martin's Park and see, he would let he would let the guys say, well, listen, Mattingly has just blown a gasket here. But the guys just have – he gave an exceptionally long answer, like about six minutes, and they couldn't stop him from talking. So it was, it was an incredible scene. Well, I'm going to stop you guys from talking because we got to go to a break. <laughs> uh, make sure to follow us on on Twitter, front page 305, Kepasa 305. We have a couple of interviews uh, that we posted this week, including uh, a conversation with the father of uh, 30-year-old Marlins rookie second baseman, Eddie Alvarez. Uh, Walter Alvarez was a former boxing promoter here in South Florida. I thought that was a really fun conversation with him. Also have a full conversation with Alex Mayna, the sports editor at the Miami Herald. Very inspiring story. Uh, he's gone from... Uh, a kid who grew up in Nicaragua to coming here, learning English and, and rising to uh, become the sports editor. We're going to get to all of that, uh, especially Alex's behind us Cortina story in segment three. But when we come back, Jose Pineda, heat broadcaster, longtime heat broadcaster. He's going to come on, talk heat pacers with us. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Just the two of us. 
Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable, sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and the Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9 and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series 6M 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Front Page 305. I'm Manny Navarro. We're joined by uh, Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez, and we've got a treat here in the second segment. We've got uh, one of the veteran voices of Miami Heat basketball, Jose Pineda, and uh, he's been doing it for 30 years, been the La Voz of the uh, Miami Heat. Uh, Jose, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, important day for Heat basketball, man, as the playoffs get started, and I know you're a busy man, so I thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure, Manny. It's an important day for all of us. I think that yesterday was a great day for the NBA just to be able to, to have these games and that the bubble is working uh, to perfection right now and, and we had some great games and that the 16 teams now trying to, to win a championship that might be the, the most difficult championship to win uh, in the history of the NBA. So um, thanks for having me once again. No, no problem. So I know the majority of us have been covering this team from distance, you know, being uh, on Zoom calls and trying to sort of see what's going on on TV and following along. Where are you? You're going to be broadcasting the game. Have you been doing that at this at the arena? What's been your situation throughout this whole bubble process? Yes, uh, ever since uh, the bubble started, uh, the Heat did an incredible job. And the people here at the American Airlines Arena, where I'm uh, actually uh, talking uh, to you from, uh, I'm maybe in uh, Pitbull's dressing room on another occasion. I have, three, <laughs> I have three couches. I have a television. I have showers. I have like 17 urinals. I have uh, <laughs> anything that I need. Uh, seriously, they, um, they, 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 they put this together. And, and Ted Ballard, who's the head of uh, broadcasting for the Heat, and, and, and uh, Jared uh, Diamond, who's the head of the American Lions Arena, and everybody involved, uh, basically, we come in through, you know, our, the entrance, 
and we're checked. We have to sign papers. We are we have our temperatures taken, and there's all sorts of precautions. And we go to our dressing room. Every uh, every broadcaster, myself, and all the broadcasters involved with the Heat uh, have their own dressing rooms, and we're separated until the game basically starts. And even when that happens, we're on the court, and we have plexiglass that separates us. We have um, all types of disinfectants all over the place, everywhere. We're given uh, food um, and different times so that we don't uh, stay together much or at all. Uh, the best part is we have Cafe Utelo comes every day, and they give us from for three hours. As you know, the little stand that they have there by the uh, by the media room downstairs, Manny and, and Andre who know the, the situation. So it, it's been really, really uh, well done. And then um, when we're seated at, at our locations, we have all sorts of computers. We have the, the uh, monitors. Uh, we have seven. 72-inch, two 72-inch LED monitors right in front of us, one that has the broadcast that you're watching that you see as well at home, and we have another one that's split four ways that shows us where you're not watching, which is uh, the uh, the benches, uh, other mm. angles that, that maybe will help us when the TV is set on a player. So we were seeing other stuff as well. Plus, we're getting the audio from 30 different microphones that were set up by the NBA at each of the three venues at Disney. So we're getting that pumped into us as well. So we're hearing that in the background. So it's not a dry broadcast. So it's been, it's been really, really well done. And, uh, you know, obviously other than, than fans being around us and hearing that, that emotion, uh, we create our own emotion, but it's been really, really well done. And, and that's what we've done every game. And that's what we'll be doing every game from now on as well. Really cool setup, man. I, I'm going to let my guys get in here and, and ask you some questions, but I guess I'll ask you the initial one as far as basketball is concerned. Um, this series with, with the Pacers, I know Miami won three out of four. They Really, the, the fourth one, uh, you can't even really count because there were so many guys sitting out. But how do you see this series sort of going? I know uh, the Pacers are short uh, Sabonis, which is a big injury to them. TJ Warren has played great in the bubble, but – it feels like Miami's just a deeper and better team, and most of the experts are picking them to win. I'm curious what you think the key matchups or the key scenarios are going to be to determine the winner in the series. Well, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. First of all, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a league of stars, and we don't have your stars and your best players. It's very, very, very difficult to win. And Sabonis, uh, along with Jeremy Lamb, were the two best scorers against the Heat this year in the series in the three games that they played, and some of them only played two. Sabonis only played a, a couple games, and they're both out. So that is a huge, huge loss for the Pacers. I also see the Pacers are second to last in the NBA in, in, in three-pointers. Yes, they're two, the second in the league in field goal percentage, but, uh, again, I don't see that they have enough firepower against the Heat. And, and, and again, I, I don't see how, how – you know, they're, they're going to be able, they'll compete obviously because they have a great coach and, you know, they, they play to his style. And I remember his, his years, his 12 years in Seattle, an incredible defensive player and a very serious man and, and, and Nate McMillan. And he's done an incredible job with 22 different lineups that this team has had throughout the year with so many injuries. And even Oladipo, he's not the same Oladipo, you know, let's, let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's be, let's be honest about that. And even in a question you asked about, you know, we get the Zoom calls as well, just as you do. Plus, Spo does some private Zooms with us as well, the broadcasters. So that helps us 
tremendously. And and even yesterday in the in the call with the Pacers, uh, you know, they asked Victor how he was, and he was hesitant to even say 100. percent He goes, he goes, listen, I'm just getting better every day. And he's not he's not back from more, you know the explosiveness that he had before. So again, they're they're very limited. Um, I, I think that the key and the main key will be rebounding as well. Uh, Miami's not a great rebounding team, but Miami out rebounded the Pacers by 12 this year in, in the series. And uh, and again, that's a huge stat. When when Miami out out rebounded opponents this year, they were 34 and eight when wow. they were out rebounded. When they were out-rebounded, they only won seven games and lost 21. So that is a wow. huge step going forward, not only for this series, but other series as well. But, again, I, I think that, that Miami has the edge and uh, basically almost all the, uh, all the aspects of, of the game and, you know, the three-point shooting and, uh, and the defense. And, and, and now, you know, it's going to be interesting because this is a, a, a group, uh, according to what Kendrick Nunn told us yesterday, was that he wasn't starting. So this, mm-hmm. this starting group has only played twice together. He's only started twice the whole year. And, um, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what you find, but I think that, that Spo wanted veteran leadership, and I think that coming down the stretch, you know, none struggled a little bit while, uh, you know, Dragic is Dragic, and you want your veteran, you know, all-star out there, and that's what happened. Yeah, hey, um, go ahead, Andre. You mentioned the veteran leadership. That's where I was going with the what I was going to ask you. Just how you see, obviously, this trade that was made midseason, you know, brings in Iguodala, you know, and brings in Solomon Hills had a decent performances in the bubble so far as well. Just the that, the importance of that, just to have those guys. And how do you think that'll play out? You know, especially Andre. You know what he's going to bring to to the team now when it counts the most. Can I say huge with a capital H? Huge that trade is <laughs> incredible. That trade, you know, I joke, it might be one of the greatest trades in Heat history. Uh, you know, it, it, it was amazing. Uh, basically, the Heat traded three players that weren't producing or weren't, you know, playing much at the time to get three productive players, including uh, a Finals MVP, a three-time champion, and and a guy in Jay Crowder that has fit in. I'm not sure that they, they knew. You know, they. They say, and Spo says, well, we always were looking for him. We always were after him. I'm not sure that they, they, they knew how great of a player and how great of a fit he is. You know, they, they talk about the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the night, what is it? The, um, uh, they, they played positionless uh, basketball, the Swiss right. Army Knight type player. He could play every position. He's playing power forward. He could play the three. He could play the center. I mean, all these guys now are, are, are switchable. There's nobody – that really is is in one spot, maybe Dragic, but that's it. I mean, you have a guy like Adebayo that plays, you know, through different positions. But back to that trade, I mean, you got Solomon Hill that, that helped us out. I'm not sure he's going to play much, you know, the series, but he's available and he's there and he's and defensively he's great. You have Iguodala. I mean, what do you want? You got a guy that's been through it all and not only is he going to help you on the court, but he's going to help you in the locker room. He's going to help you in the practices. And I just love Jake Crowder's mentality. I mean, his – his numbers with the Heat have been just phenomenal in the uh, in the games that he's played uh, with Miami. I mean, 11, he's become like the seventh best uh, uh, shooter in terms of points per game, almost 12 points per game. Uh, he's the third best rebounder for the team. He's the second best in steals for the team since he got here. So again, his his production has been phenomenal, and he fits everywhere. And he can shoot the three as well. He defends almost every position. So uh, again, that trade to me was phenomenal. 
phenomenal, huge, great. It was outstanding. I couldn't believe it. I remember, I think we were in Sacramento or, yeah, I think I was in my, my hotel room in Sacramento when that happened. I said, we got what for who? And, and I was like <laughs> ecstatic, ecstatic, ecstatic. Hey, Jose, that uh, you're in that locker room there where sometimes uh, somebody like Pitbull might be, might be in there. I'm, I'm wondering, you might be inspired to write a, a hit song like Pitbull, so keep that in mind. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, in, in addition, not only do I have one, two, three, four, five, six couches, well, two couches, uh, four lounge chairs, three tables. Uh, I have uh, two gallos. You know, those are two roosters. That have a two you know, that's, that's definitely from Pitbull. It's up there in the uh, as part of the decoration. So I, I mean, uh, I'm all set. Whatever, just give me a, give me a, give me the song, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I was wondering, Jose, um, what do you think the starting, the optimal starting lineup would be? Obviously, Butler and Bam, they're all stars. I think Duncan Robinson, the shooting that he provides, Tyler Hero was really impressive when he got that starting shot and almost had a triple double. Goran seems like he's been the key guy to run that second team. Now they're going to put them back in line. But I'm just curious from your, from your opinion, if you had to say, man, these are the five guys that I think going forward would make for a great starting lineup, what would it be? Well, again, I'm assuming that it is going to be Gorn and Duncan, the two bam, and then Jimmy and Jay Crowder. Uh, that's, that's what Nunn basically hinted at uh, yesterday when he said that he was coming off the bench, which is interesting because it, it then puts, you know, a hero you have rookies coming off, you know, a hero and none coming off the bench with Iguodala, Olenek, Derek Jones. What's his status going to be for today? We'll find out in a little bit, you know, exactly. Um, you know, it's, I think he's still questionable on the, on the injury report. I, I have to double check that again. But, uh, but I think that that's, that's going to be a, your lineup. You're going to have veteran leadership. You're going to have guys who have been there before. And, again, it's interesting because where is the pressure coming from? You know, there's no uh, – 20,000 fans screaming at these young kids. Although, although, as Spolstra always likes to say, with a guy like Hero, a guy like Nunn, a guy like even, you know, young guys uh, like Duncan Robinson and and, uh, and Derek Jones, they don't know what they don't know. And and, and these kids, you know, they, they, they know. And a guy like Hero, he was playing in front of 20,000 screaming rabid fans every day in, in Kentucky right. as well. I mean, yes, Bigger crowds in Kentucky. Exactly. He wasn't, he was, he's not, you know, he's not going to be scared about this. So it's interesting because you don't have that element now. So where, you know, there is not that, you know, where, where is that when you get there, you know, when you get to a playoff game or you've been to a playoff game or a finals, or, you know, you're in that building, you feel the tension, you feel the excitement, you feel the, 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 you know, uh, the nervousness maybe of of players and, and coaches and staff. And, and, you know, that's kind of, not there right now. So how does that create it? I was listening to some of the guys yesterday, you know, at post game that, that started the, the playoffs already, the four the, or the eight teams that started the playoffs yesterday. And they were saying that there, there was a feeling of, you know, uh, that it was the playoffs and it was more intense and the preparation was more intense. But, but again, getting back to the starting lineup, I, I think that, you know, you're going to, he's going to go with, with, with Gorn and Duncan and, and Bam. And, and especially I think because Gorn has been playing, so well lately and um you know he's been saved throughout the whole year i think i think that that was maybe the plan i'm not sure you know uh that they maybe they they, they were seeing how long they could go with with kendrick which has been spectacular is 
you know, one of the candidates for, for rookie of the year. But, um, but, you know, he hasn't been playing that well and that consistent over the last few games, you know. So let's, let's see what happens with this group. And I think it is going to be Gorn. And then, you know, once you get into the playoffs, you know, you're probably going to see a shortened, um, unless there's, there's any injuries or, or, or foul trouble, you're going to have a shortened bench. So maybe four guys coming off the bench, five max. So it's going to depend also on matchups of, of who's on the court for, for Indiana. You know, is Olenek going to go in more than, than Derek Jones if Jones is available? And if not, you know, Hero, you know, is going to go in. And Kendrick is going to go in for, for a few minutes for, for Gorin. So, again, uh, all that comes into play. I'm going to go full nerd on you guys because I did all this uh, statistical research for the athletic. I was going to write a story tonight, uh, today off of the game. And I went back and I looked at, okay, what were the lineups used? The most frequent lineups used by Spolstra in the bubble since they came back and and what's worked the best. And sure enough, Drogic, Jimmy Butler, Duncan, Jay Crowder, Adebayo outscored opponents by 18 points, shot 44% from the field and three point range and had an impressive net rating of 28.8 over to the 24 minutes they played together, including the 14 minutes against the Pacers uh, Monday when, when they blew them away in that, in that uh, third victory over Indiana this season. The next best lineup, by the way, guys, basically sub out Drogic and Butler and bring in Hero and Iguodala. Those guys, uh, they outscored teams, I think, by 14 points, had a net rating of 19.6 and a true shooting percentage of, of close to 80%. So when you look at those those analytics, they, they back up exactly everything that Jose just said, that, you know, how important these these trades were, bringing in an Iguodala and a Crowder and the effect that those guys have had, and then also showing you what Drogic has done on the court. Uh, it's not just saying it. It's the, the numbers back it all up. So I think the Heat are definitely in great position to win this series rather easily. And then it's going to be all about Milwaukee. And Jose, I think we're going to bring you on back if we can, if we're lucky enough to to, to preview that Buck series, because I know that's what's going to happen next. Well, you know, Miami had a, a great season against, uh, you know, some of the top teams, you know, two and one against uh, uh, Milwaukee, two and one against Toronto, three and one against Indiana, three and one against Philly. So, you know, uh, Boston was the only one that, Give a little bit of a problem. You talked about in the bubble and the lineups, uh, there were eight games. Miami used five different lineups in mm-hmm. the eight games, you know, and, and finished with 15 different lineups this year. So, again, Jimmy Butler didn't play in three games. Uh, Dragons was out too. But I think that you're right. That one game, that Monday game against uh, the third game against Indiana, uh, and it was, was very telling because I think that was the real McCoy for the Heat, and that was a great matchup and a great um, – test to see where Miami really was and with that lineup. And I think that, that, you know, your, your, your analytics proves it, Mr. Navarro. By the way, I, <laughs> well, Jose, we appreciate it, man. We're up against the break, but you were fabulous. We love having you on the show, man. And uh, thanks for coming on and being part of uh, front page three Oh five. That's it. No more. Uh, I was going to talk about Don Chaney and Belen. Come on. What's going oh, on? Well, we're going to definitely have to bring you back. We'll bring you on to talk about Belen football for sure. Is he better than the rooster? all right brother thank you so much all right guys so we're gonna hit the break come back uh do our behind las cortinas talk a little bit of dolphins talk a little bit about whatever we want to talk about all right guys see you a radio radio this is sirius xm 145 slam radio There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. 
Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. Hey, platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey everybody, this is John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
Show five, I'm Manny Navarro. This is Manny Navarro back with uh, the front page 305 crew. Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez with me. We just heard from Jose Pineda before the Heat Pacers series. That was a fun conversation. Jose been at this for 30 years, uh, being the Spanish voice of the Miami Heat. A lot of good insight there. A lot of good conversation about the upcoming series. Uh, Want to get into now our Behind Las Cortinas segment. Every week we try to bring on a journalist, friend, somebody that we've known in the business for a long time to share a funny uh, story, you know, from behind the scenes of covering sports and uh, us being the three sports writers and this being front page 305. I thought it was perfect guy to bring on was Miami Herald uh, sports editor, Alex Mena, uh, who I met many, many years ago. Uh, he trained me as a clerk back when I was making $6 an hour to do box scores and, and standings and stats for the, not, for the not cleaning toilets or some say, right, right. Uh, Walt, Walter Villa was there sitting close to me. He had his feet up on the desk, usually with a newspaper in his hand, a proof, uh, at the end of the night. And, uh, and then Andre Fernandez came along in 1999 and, and became part of the team there. And, uh, we had a great time together, um, covering uh, high schools and anyway Alex was great because Alex is, is a guy born in Nicaragua uh, came here not really knowing English too well learned the language and now he's a sports editor of the freaking paper and I think uh, it, it's great to uh, hear what it's like behind the scenes because everybody thinks oh you work in sports this is such a cool job uh, but but there are some inopportune times when you've got to work and uh, certainly Alex had an interesting story here that he shared with us. It's available on our iTunes. And uh, if you want to hear the whole podcast, it's available there. But here's the interesting story behind Las Cortinas with Alex Mena. Hey, Alex, your story is like the story of America, right? You were born in Nicaragua, came here assuming no English language skills at that point, age 10 or 11, you told me. So it's really incredible rise. And, and like you said, you started from the bottom and you were a clerk. And when you're a clerk, basically, if an editor tells you to do uh, ABC, you do ABC. And so I know we have a little segment in our show called Behind Las Cortinas, a little behind the scenes of journalism. And I know you've got a story that'd be perfect for this. Tell us about, uh, uh, we don't have to name the editor, but it wasn't me. Okay, it wasn't me. It was not you. Editor, <laughs> some editor gave you a task to do. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, so we're, you know, it's the 97 World Series. As everybody uh, might remember, that's when the Marlins won their first World Series. And on game seven, I was uh, kind of sitting, watching the game like everyone else, because at that point we were past our deadline. So what we were down to was the Marlins game. And, you know, Greg Council's coming up to the plate. An editor goes, hey, go to the like, photo library. Find me a photo of such and such, because I think it'll be perfect to put in tomorrow's edition. And then I asked him, like, now? He goes, yes, now, go. So I run out in, in hopes that I'm okay. Maybe, you know, the game will be extended. Something will happen. I won't miss anything. <laughs> I couldn't find the photo. I come back. Everybody was, like, happy. And I'm like, what happened? The Marlins won the World Series. Greg Council won it. And I'm like, great, I missed it. And it's one of those things that, you know, that, that you're there, you're working, and, you're, and, you know, and you're assuming just because you work in sports, it's all fun and games. But sometimes you got to do the mundane things like go find a photo and then you miss the greatest moment. The first so World then, Series ever won. So in retribution, have you made other clerks run and do meaningless chores just to get back at, in some kind of uh, vengeance? Never. I've decided I will never do that to anyone in my life. I've actually, my, my motto has always been, learn from everyone even if it's to learn not to do the bad things that did to me it's always a learning process to me it's like always 
always be better to others than they were to you. And, and it's kind of kind of kind of a good model that I've kind of lived my entire life through. And, and I think that that's been kind of helpful uh, in, in, in making bonds with everyone and friendships. And, and, and not just that, I think that if you respect the people that you work with, you're going to get the same respect back. So. Hey, Anthony Milian, I think right around 6.30 today, I'm going to need you to go do something. I, I just, <laughs> you, you, oh, no. you may be right at the end of that Heat Pacers game, but there's very something very important that I'm pretty sure I'm going to assign you. You're going to be all right to handle that? Yeah, I don't have any pool parties, so I'm sure my schedule will be clear. <laughs> He's going to have to go get the tube, kind of like you know, like the Umbrella Academy, that they tube the, the thing right. down. He's going to have to go grab that exactly at 6.30. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate that Al had to miss the uh, first World Series, but I'm wondering if the new generation, if your boss were to tell you it's Game Seven of the World Series or Game Seven of the NBA Finals, Anthony Million, are you are you running to do what he says? I mean, it's it's a job. You always got to listen to your boss. Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. I'm nice. not willing to lose a job. I nice. got to do it, man. I got to do it. It's unfortunate, right. but I got to do it. All right, all right, that's good. Your dad has taught you well, brother. Walter, I know uh, when we finished the conversation with Jose uh, Pineda that you wanted to talk about the matchup between TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler that uh, obviously got contentious in the regular season. seems like Jimmy's trying to downplay it. What are your thoughts on that? Before I get to that, was it the name, the last name? Is it Pineda? I mean, are we, are we giving the name yeah. Pineda, yeah. By it's the way, P- and, and it's also Vince Beagle. I looked it up while you guys were chit-chatting. Thanks right, for doing right. that. These tricky yeah, names that the, get us on the radio. We don't the have to Spanish worry about names. We got to get those. We got to get those right on front page three hundred five. But yeah, yeah, so Banyera, Banyera. So um, no, yeah. So Jimmy Butler came out and with some quotes and saying that uh, basically a famous quote: "The past is the past," and uh, he doesn't have any beef with T.J. Warren. I'm not buying that at all, especially if this is a long series. Uh, I, I think I think Jimmy Butler is going to punk him. I think I think T.J. Warren looked intimidated the last time. And uh, Andre, what do you, what do you think? It seems like it it seems like he's intimidated. I mean, look, it's the playoffs, and we all know there's intense moments in the heat of competition. There's emotional moments, and I was even reading today a little bit about just the matchup and who he's going to guard and all of that. He's going to want to guard him, and then you know fireworks are going to fly at some point. Yeah. They're going to get sick of seeing each other, especially if this series drags out to six, maybe seven right. games, which I think it might at least go six. I mean, I'll, I'll hand it to them if they don't. I'll put it that way. I'd be very surprised. All right. So lots of heat talk. we talked to Hurricanes. We've even briefly touched on the Marlins, whose season is sort of uh, slipping away here little by little, game by game. Mm. Let's talk Dolphins. We haven't had a whole lot of Dolphins conversation, and they did have their first – real uh, practice yesterday in terms of full pads. There's no preseason games. They only get these four, I guess, 14 padded practices, man. I mean, that's how you're going to get ready for the NFL season, basically from here till till that first weekend in, or the second weekend in September. Um, I guess my question to you guys is, you know, we've had a couple of guys opt out at the receiver position. We, we obviously saw the injury today with Vince uh, Beagle, as uh, Andre correctly pronounced. Um, what is the biggest area of concern in your eyes, or what is the weakest area of this team based on what we've seen in, in the early reports? Well, it's kind of interesting. This team looking at the depth chart is there's not one position where they don't at least have one veteran that they brought in to at least kind of bolster it a little bit. I mean, I think the Beagle loss is, ba- is, is going to hurt the linebacking core. I think that on defense, you'd have to say 
that that's probably now the weakest point if if he's not able to, to, to go because you're going to have to rely a lot more on Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan. You know, they brought in a Landon Roberts for his experience there, but that could be one area, you know, where you want to see them, how they do against the run. And But you look at the defense overall, it looks like it's been strengthened a lot, especially up front, you know, with the additions of Shaq Lawson and, and, and you know, joining Godchow and Christian Wilkins, you know, gaining more experience, that sort of thing. But, I mean, to me, I'd point to the offensive line. It's still very young. You know, they, they a lot of good guys that they've drafted, but you still have to – they still need time to develop. These, they, you know, a lot of these guys, first, second-year guys, they're going to need to gel. They're going to need to come together. You know, Ted Karras right there in the middle coming over from New England, that's a guy that's going to be heavily relied upon. And then if there's any injuries, and we know offensive linemen very prone to injuries, you know, on, on any team, that's where their depth is going to be tested. And that, that wrecks the whole lineup. And I know one other spot, you know, that was hit hard by just in terms of guys opting out is, is wide receiver. I mean, Albert Wilson, you see him for three games a couple of years ago. And since then it's like, it's, it's just a shame that he really hasn't been able to stay on the field long for a lengthy amount of time for this team. Just what he can bring that explosiveness. He can, he can take this offense to another level, this passing game to another level, but him not being there, I think hurts a lot. And Alan Hearns even turned into a reliable guy. They bring in Ricardo Lewis and Chester Rogers for some depth. But again, you wanted to take some pressure off a guy like Devontae Parker that really looked like he was primed for possibly a Pro Bowl type season again this year. But now it's going to be harder with defenses. I'm sure going to try to key on him a little bit more. You know, younger guys are going to have to step up and, and, and really help that receiving core, especially once, you know, eventually if they make that transition to Tua. Manny, I know you in the in the uh, the pre-show uh, talks. You want debate because debate's exciting. You want to fight, but the problem is you guys are too smart. You know, Andre, ding 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 ding. The offensive line was the correct answer. Uh, the offensive line is not very good, and they've got a they have a lot of young guys, and that's going to take some time. And I would say the second biggest area is wide receiver. If everything goes perfectly, Devontae Parker, who had been a mess most of his career, had a huge breakout, twelve hundred yard season last year can he can he repeat it Preston Williams six foot five boy that kid looked like a specimen if he got before he got hurt if he stays healthy and then Jakeem Grant could maybe be the slot guy but that's the only three guys that you can see yeah those guys are could be NFL starters but Manny I'm gonna need you to say something outlandish because if not we're not gonna have any fights I mean Andre just gave it that that professional breakdown I mean I need you to like normal to say something ridiculous so I can uh you know I can pile on you Pile up well, on you. I can I can argue with you. Well, here here's here's my addition to this conversation. I, I've been totally uninspired by the Dolphins because there is nothing to debate here, right? I mean, what has really <laughs> gone on with this team? Nothing. And and the, we can sit here injuries. and talk about right. We can talk about the injuries and the opt-outs, but you know, my my uh, colleague at the Athletic, Josh Tolentino, who is now covering the team uh, after uh, some changes, some shuffling that went on at the Athletic. We'll we'll leave it at that. Some unfortunate shuffling. Thing, the unfortunate shuffling. The most interesting thing that I got out of his story, besides the fact that somebody used a bad word to describe how hot it was outside, <laughs> was was yeah. his playlist. He he actually took. He he said here all of the songs that played during the padded practice. Now I'd rather play this game, Walter. Do you have you ever heard of these guys? Faded. The same song is Faded no. by Tyga. Who no. do you love? YG featuring Drake. I know you've heard of Drake. I heard of Drake. <laughs> Big big rings. Wait, Tiger is now spelled T I G A. It's no longer spelled T I G E R. 
Right, Tyga. You got It's the way it sounds. Rich <laughs> as the F word. Okay, Little Wayne featuring Two Chains, Versace, Migos featuring Drake, Levels, Meek Mill. I know you've heard of Meek Mill. Yeah, he was seen in jail. it all. Jeezy, and then Fight Night, Migos. That's the soundtrack that they. That was the most interesting part of that story because a lot of it is just you know guys in pads and throwing the ball around. I've been listening to a lot of Lord. I was born a rambling man, and you know 60s, 70s uh, classic rock lately. So I don't know. Let's just right. say many things that the Dolphins at practice so far hasn't been as stimulating like hard knocks or watching those practices of uh, hey, yeah. hey, wor- not worthy I have, enough. I have one for you guys. Tell me what you think of this. Did you did you see where um, Pac-Man Jones, he got sent, somebody sent him a bunch of Steelers, a box of Steelers jerseys, about 25 of them, and brand new beautiful Steelers jerseys. And they, they he thinks they're punking him. And so he... he you guys didn't see this? No. He videotaped it, and he is setting the Steeler jerseys ablaze. He says, I'm gangsta. And he set them ablaze. And my first thought, it was like, it was kind of funny. But then I was thinking like, man, what a, and I say that, I'm going to say it. What a dick move. Like, you could have given those jerseys to like some orphanage that would have loved to have those jerseys. So that was see- one of the interesting things I saw. Like, what do you think of that, Navarro? I, I can totally see Pat Riley doing that with some Celtics jerseys. I'd love to see that. That would be hysterical. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for uh, for this week's that's episode. It? That's it. Make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, front page 305, Kipasa 305. Download us uh, at uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. And make sure you tune in next Tuesday at noon because we're going to be back here with front page 305 on Sirius XM. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.